We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is this is this is this is this is Heat Heat Beat 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 with Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo Navas. And with me today is the triumphant return of a Jack Alfonso. Mr. Alfonso, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing with school, dude? Because I hear it drowns you. I hear you like you, you're you buried. Um, just the past few weeks. It's been it's been pretty rough, but Finals I got through it. Fun. And a, uh, your second go around, Christian Hernandez, sir, how are you? Good. It was so much fun. I decided to do it again. And uh, we were greeted with technical difficulties again, but we got it because we you know we had heat beat. It's all about getting it right. Well, let's um, hope it holds up. Don't, don't, don't even say that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let me see. I don't know. Uh, do we want to make fun of the Knicks first, or do we want to say what the Heat did correctly first? In terms of last night's Heat Knicks game, well, I mean, uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, Jack. No, you decide because you haven't been here. Okay, I mean, I like, I'm liking these Knicks. Like, I like they're them too, but I want to laugh at them. Porzingis is super likable. I don't know how you can't just cheer for that guy. He's a seven-three freak of a human being who can hit jump shots like a guard and just. Chase, he chased around Hassan Whiteside. Okay, I, I think that's the best place to start. What, Christian, what was the best part of that? Uh, all right, so I was a little <laughs> nervous going into the game because, like, I, I got to the game right as tip-off was happening. And, you know, the very first play was that wide-open three Porzingis got, and the roar of the New York fans in the crowd was loud. And I was... 
I was like, oh man, there's a, there's a lot of opposition here tonight. But obviously, we we know how the game went, and they were quiet the rest of the night. But I actually ended up making a few friends with some Knicks fans that ended up being around me that I guess bought seats around me because the whole game I'm watching, I'm like, man, poor, this Porzingis kid is going to be good. Like, you can't deny that like him being out there, especially for like a defense, presents such mismatches. Like you had Dang guarding him for extended stretches last uh, last night. That was, I mean, that must have been a test on him with that hamstring and everything. But he clearly doesn't have a future in two hand touch football. Like right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was man. I didn't really notice that because I was watching the ball as that play was happening, and then when I saw that replay later, <laughs> Hassan running away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was it was like kids in a playground. Oh my god, uh, Jack, that was funny, right? Like that was hysterical. It was hilarious. I, the thing is, people rat on um Hassan all the time, but he's consistently the most entertaining player on and off the court. Just the things he says, the way he acts, he's a ridiculous human being. Well, okay, and Porzingis I, isn't exactly the most serious person either. Well, I want to get to Hassan's quote, quotes in a second. But first, I want to get on Porzingis' quotes, which was what he said about Chris Bosh. Uh, he said, I couldn't really tell. Uh, they were asking him about Chris Bosh's defensive plan against them. And he goes, I couldn't really tell because the first shot I got was a wide-open three-pointer. <laughs> I mean, that made me laugh. Come on, man. You shot 38% for the game. 39%, excuse me, rounding. He had a good game for, like, who he – like, he's a rookie. He had a good game. But they also lost by, like, seven teams. So, I don't know. I thought it was funny. He's I mean, a funny guy. It was funny. But, I mean, like, come on. It, it, 38, 39% shooting, 20 points on 18 shots. I mean, come on. I mean, no, I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a strong game by any means. But, I mean, it, clearly he was he was the best player out there, especially since you could tell the defense was fixing on, you know, taking Carmelo away. He's, you know? he's impressive. He's super impressive. He's going to, like, I wouldn't say it's a great game by him, but, it, I mean, he showed what he's been showing, which is that eventually he's just going to be a force in this league and that it's hard to deny his talent. I don't want to go the Dirk comparison because I think he's... He's, like, way taller than he's Dirk. He's extremely more athletic than Dirk, too. Like, it's unfair to him to call him Dirk because I don't remember Dirk ever being an athlete. Yeah, no, I mean, what I said uh, to my buddy who I took to the game last night is, you know, he's Dirk with a higher ceiling. Like, because the one thing that he does, uh, and well, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you why I think he has a higher ceiling. It's because he's already a legitimate rim protector. He had multiple times last night that he either blocked shots or altered shots using his athleticism. And that's, I mean, that's a huge, crazy combo for a guy that's 7-3. The thing about Dirk is that Dirk can handle the ball, like, mid-post. And he'll kill you back to the basket, facing up. He has the flamingo shot, which is the best shot in basketball. I mean, like, oh, Dirk is something else. And not that this kid's not going to be great, but, man, that tall shoes to fill. I just no, think they'll be yeah. way different. I think Porzingis may be more of a pick-and-pop post or um, face-up guy. And... I mean, a rim protector, and he's seven three. Dirk's more of the post guy, and he'd kill you in the post with his unblockable turnaround. But flamingo shot, Jack. Yeah, the flamingo <laughs> shot. I just think they'll have different looking games when they develop. I don't really like like want to compare them because you know Dirk's 
ridiculous. He's the best international player of all time. Yeah, no, I agree with Jack. I don't think it's the best comparison. Am I crazy for saying Dirk Nowitzki is a better player than Karl Malone? I don't think you're crazy, but, like, I think people will disagree with you. I think people will hate me. Like, if I say that Garnett, Duncan, and Dirk are better than Karl Malone and Charles Barkley... I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily agree, but I don't think you're being, like, super insane. Well, there's it's not the craziest one, thing anybody's ever said. There's one thing that all those guys got that Malone doesn't. <laughs> well, except well, Charles for- doesn't have one. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. That's right. Dirk, Duncan, and Garnett have rings. Look at that. Okay, can we, um, I do want to get into one more thing about the Knicks. Kyle O'Quinn. I was shocked that a guy named O'Quinn was black. Am I the only one? Well, I mean, that's I've not seen a black him guy before, name, but right? like that's an Irish name. And my friend, who's a Nick fan, is like he calls him Black Kyle O'Quinn because, like, how is your name Kyle O'Quinn? I mean, that didn't really register for me, but I mean, I, I guess it is so strange. Surprising! I was like, I was like, oh, oh, Kyle O'Quinn pickup. I was like, I don't know who that is, but probably a shooter. And I see it, I'm like, that's a big man. I think he's I think good also, by the way. He was playing like kind of like a basically like center for them, wasn't he? But he's not really a huge guy. He's big. like overly huge. He looks girthy. Oh, he's he definitely strong. Girthy. He looks strong. He's like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, I think. He's like one of those bit, like bulky power forwards. That yeah, he's, six, he's, he's listed as 6'10". I want yeah. to get that in because my friend and I have been joking about that forever, and, and I'm like, man, like I, I, I've always thought it was surprising. So getting to why you're probably on this podcast, which is the Heat, they that's not a terrible Nick team, and they pretty much throttled them. Yeah, it was. I don't know how to feel about that game because, I mean, I feel good about it. Obviously, they won by 17 and basically were in control the whole game against a good Nick team, but. I'm okay, Nick. Their their offense. They need to get their offense going for this coming trip with Boston and OKC and Cleveland coming up. But their defense is ridiculous right now. Well, and if Bosch can get a shot to fall and Dragic can get better, they're gonna scare some teams. Well, their offense is like at an offensive rating of 95, uh, if yeah. I'm correct, which is not good. Especially in this league, when over half the teams are over a hundred, uh, I'll t- like it's crazy. So, um, Christian, what do you make of their subpar offense? Which I think we kind of predicted. You're talking about the Heat, right? Yeah, yeah the Heat, the Heat. We've- yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know Drogic obviously is supposed to be a huge part of this offense, and it continues to struggle. I mean, you look at his splits, he's struggling basically all over the court. He's struggling where he usually excels at is finishing at the rim. You know, he's not hitting his outside shot, which he was at least decent at for the majority of his career. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've got Gerald Green, who's still getting pretty significant minutes now that he's back from his little, you know, problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and he can't find a shot either. I would like um, to but, point out, by the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the Heat have an offensive rating of 102. I was literally looking that up right now because I, I, sold them I so didn't think sold it was that bad. Them, no, no, wait, <laughs> let me tell you something. The team with a 95 defensive rating is the FIU women's basketball team that I cover. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah That's so a little bit different. I, I mixed up the no- I cover two teams, man. Numbers are going to get mixed up. All right, continue. I'm sorry. But, uh... 
Yeah, no, I mean, just one last thing on that on that Heat Knicks game. Um, I mean, I think there was a stretch there in the in the beginning of the second quarter where they were stuck on twenty one points for I think it was like what like like five or six minutes. It's like that that second unit can clamp down so well at times, and it's that Bosch McRoberts pairing that I don't think is being talked about enough. That they're really good defensively together. Um, and it's it's funny when you look at the advanced numbers. A lot of the best lineups that the Heat have defensively don't actually include Hassan Whiteside. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, Jack, and I'm pretty sure that you're eager to talk about this, but that's been a trend that he the Heat defense is a little better with him off the floor. Well, yeah, but I think think that says less about Hassan Whiteside not being good as much as like they have ridiculous depth. And when Bosch is at center, he's a ridiculous center. But the second best lineup in the league, like total right now, yes, minimum fifty plus minutes, yes, is Justice Winslow and in for Bosch, and then all the starters. So, which has a defensive rating of seventy nine, which is kind of ridiculous. That's crazy. The only thing better is you know Golden State's death lineup, which. Has a defensive rating of 90, but, you know, an offensive rating of 160. That's crazy. So, <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> it's a net rating of 70 for them. And um, Miami's best lineup has a net rating of 35. So, Chris Bosch and Josh McRoberts have a defensive rating of 87. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of depth. That's what's so crazy about this team is that you can have – like Bosch or Hassan Whiteside off the floor and still have a ridiculously elite defense. Well, and, and we've talked about this uh, in the offseason, how McRoberts is versus... Like, I don't understand why people like Zach Lowell and, and other people were saying that the Heat defense might be the shakiest thing, Dan Lebertard included. Um, like, McRoberts was a good defender. And last year, the Bosch-McRoberts uh, lineup, the two-man uh, tandem was one of the best defensive units. And this year, in 151 minutes, they have a defensive rating of 87.8, which is really, really good. Yep, I mean, I think it just kind of speaks to... People focus way too much on the offensive end. You ask people lately what they think about Bosch and McRoberts, and you probably get a wide range of they're struggling to they suck to let's trade them. When in reality, like, yeah, they are struggling offensively. I mean, McRoberts... He looks lost out there half the time offensively when he's not looking for a good pass. But th- they play well defensively, and that creates easy the offense, especially when you got guys like Drogic and Dang and Winslow that'll push the ball up court. Um, I looked it up today. You know that the Heat are right now playing at the fastest pace since the 1992-93 Heat team. That's how slow of a pace we tend to play at. No, and and, and they're they're crawling, and it's and I think I think that has a lot to do with with Hassan and and Dwayne, and they're not really uh, full uh, full court players, and they like to post up. Also, mm-hmm. the Heat don't have a line; they only have two lineups this season that have played more than forty minutes together, five man lineups, which is uh, the starters and the starters minus Chris Bosh with Justice Winslow. Right. So yeah. They're they're doing a lot of funky things with their lineups. I mean, Spo's clearly still trying to figure it out. And and by the way, both those lineups are incredibly effective. They're outscoring opponents by over thirty points. I mean, the thing is with like 
it's so early in the season and they're already this good on defense. And Bosch is clearly like Bosch. We know for a fact he'll, his shot will fall eventually. They're gonna they're gonna be really good, and if they can get Dragic back to full strength, they're gonna be like competing with Cleveland for the for the finals. So or to get into the finals. Well, Jack, to get into what you were talking about before that the the Heat are the second best lineup that uh, starters minus Chris Bosh lineup is the second most efficient uh, in the game. The number three one is a Cleveland lineup, which I just believe is is the starters instead of Irving Deladova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing. Cleveland hasn't gotten Irving back, so they'll look a lot different as the year goes on. But, I mean, Miami looks great, and if they can get that second seed in the East and get Drogic clicking and Bosch gets back to full strength where his shot's falling... They're, they're going to give them a run for their money. Well, I want to ask, and Christian, I think you're, the, you, you're, you're there in stadium. What the hell is going on with Drogic? Because it's not that he doesn't look right. It's Sometimes he looks confused. And last night, I thought he played well. He moved the ball around. He got to the rim a little more frequently than usual. But is it the lineups that he's playing in that he's not comfortable in? Or I, I don't know what... Yeah, I and you know I've, I've heard Levitard talk about you know his his that year that he made the All Star team in in Phoenix, but essentially saying it was a bad team. They it really not weren't. Team. They yeah. were not that bad of a team. They almost made the playoffs in that conference. Right, right, exactly. But I think it has more to do with you know a lot of these guys that he's playing with. I know he played well after we acquired him last year, but you know he playing with a lot of guys that he didn't play with last year whether it be because of injuries or because they're just new on the roster and I think they're they are still trying to figure it out and plus I've I've read that Drogic didn't really do much in the offseason and that I think he's still honestly a little bit out of shape is I mean I think that would certainly um, account for the missing layups which he does Mm -hmm. not do but I mean it's already been over 10 games and he hasn't shown an like any flashes that he's getting better it's a little worrisome i'm not gonna lie i think it's very worrisome for for them going forward i know the lineups are really good with him but they're gonna need him to be excellent somebody yeah i think um i was hoping jack was just gonna jump yeah, in there <laughs> I, I mean i i threw the lob i think mean, uh christian set the screen i got around my man i threw a lob and it was there for you and you just watched it i had that michael beasley like awareness that was bad, <laughs> michael beasley. you're a bad teammate yeah you didn't, you didn't give me an assist um yeah i think Dragic will i i think he'll get better it's just a question of exactly where his peak will be at like i i have no doubt that'll improve and i think we've seen flashes of him getting slightly better as he gets into better shape and gets a little more comfortable but it's just a question of like when he's running full strength when he gets completely back where will he be? Will he be an all-star? Will he just be a solid point guard? I don't know what to expect from him at this point. And as the season goes on, you need to see some improvement. He has yeah. 51 shots uh, at less than five feet. Do you guys want to guess what the percentage is on those shots? 
uh, 50% when it should be probably around 65. Jack? Um, I'll say 45. Is that 58? Almost 59. Okay. So oh, wow. It's not as not bad, as, as, bad as I felt, but yeah, it's still not to where Christian is saying around that 60, because he was elite. I think it's less about him finishing there, which has been slightly down, but he just hasn't been getting there as much, and that's just part of a problem with, I think, the offense not knowing how to work together yet, and him just not being in the best shape um, to drive in and get that, but I mean... I'm encouraged by his improvement. It's just I don't know how much he'll improve he's, Like by the end of the season. He's 61% in the restricted area. So at least by the rim, it would appear that he's kind of fixing that. He's missing fewer and fewer of those layups. Um, it's just everything else. Uh, in the paint, he's only 30% uh, from mid-range. He's 37 from the threes. He's been woeful, like sub 30%. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't, it hasn't been pretty. He's 27% from three, off 33 attempts, which is pretty awful. Yeah, and he's got, he's got to be a, at least a decent spot-up shooter if he's going to be playing a lot with Dwayne because. The reality is that no matter how much people complain about you know Wade hijacking the offense, which is crazy because Wade's playing great, um, and he's definitely the best passer on the team. I mean, every game he makes about four or five passes that just literally make me say whoa. And he's he's gotta he's gotta fit in, and it, it, if if his shooting comes along, I think his confidence will grow. <laughs> I think the Dwayne thing is interesting because I actually do think he's hijacking the offense, but at times I don't even think there's a better choice. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, you know, when he's when he's playing well, and he's been playing well the majority of these games, when he's being aggressive, that's the best Dwayne. You know, he's had a couple of games where he's been settling for a lot of jump shots and things like that, and that's when, that's when those hijacking the offense lines kind of have a little bit more merit. But... Um, you know, I just I think the Dragic thing is I think he does he deserves more time. I was looking at it today for guys that have played at least twenty seven minutes a game. He's third in the NBA in defensive rating. Like he's he's Dragic, really? Yeah, and I lo- I looked it up further. When defending the ball handler, he's I think in the eighty fourth percentile when it comes to points per play. Like he's not playing bad defensively. Why do so people I- think he's playing so? Because I, I that's and to be honest, it's something that I haven't noticed other than the the, the Hawks game, but it's not something that's jumped out of me. But people are complaining like vigorously that he's been terrible, and especially the guys on the radio down here. Yeah, well, the the Hawks game, that was the one game that I was like, man, he's getting blown by a lot, and he was getting blown by a lot in that game. But if if you really look at it, he's been solid for the most part, you know, most other games, and the numbers tend to seem to back it up. But the offense isn't great with him, and it is, you know, obviously that has to do with that he's not shooting well. But the the Drogic lineups have good offenses. Why, why, why are we going quiet? I, I thought Jack was going to jump Jack, in. Jack! Okay. No, I'm just... I'm <laughs> trying to think about why. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think about why they would have good offenses. I mean, he's not bad. He's just not what we expected from him, I think. He's not playing well, but the team seems to function very well when he's there. Kind of like Gerald Green. Yeah, Gerald Green's a different thing. Like, Gerald Green, I have less confidence that'll get it going. Like, he'll have games where he's getting it going. I don't. I don't know. I'd rather. I like to look at Darrell Wright when he's back from China, 
and not to necessarily repre- replace Gerald, but maybe to not rely on him so much for shooting. Yeah, but, hey, Christian, you were talking about Dwayne. I mean, he's shooting forty-two percent this year, which is just not like him at all. Yeah, I know. I've I've seen that, and it it it's, it kind of surprises me. I'm wondering it's if just like number. a yeah, I'm wondering if just a few. And obviously, we. We're still dealing with small sample sizes here, but I'm wondering if it's just a few really bad games that are throwing that down because from what I'm remembering of a lot of these games, he's he's been effective, but, you know, I guess if you really think about it, he does take a lot of jumpers that I guess just kind of go by us like mentally, and he's never been the strongest jump shooter, but he's been, he's been creating really well, like... I mean, some of those, like his 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 chemistry with Whiteside obviously is is clear that Whiteside and him should always be on the court together. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised to see that he's shooting forty two percent. I honestly thought it would be higher. And there's not really much of a differential between how he shoots and wins and losses. It's pretty much forty two, forty three percent, whether he wins or he loses. It's not just like the games that they lose. It's like he's throwing up stinkers. Like he's just like not efficient at all. And it's only been a few games but I to me that's a little alarming and that is probably the um, most obvious sign in his decline yeah I'm trying to look at I'm trying to find his game log here because I really do want to see if he's just had a few awful games that are probably throwing that off the Indiana game I remember was terrible and I don't think the Toronto game was very good for him either his counting stats are great I mean 18 points at his age and 3.3 3.3 rebounds and 4.7 assists. Like, his county stats are good. Yeah, yeah, he's got three games shooting over 50%, and he's got four game, five games shooting under 40%. Six, oh man, wow, yeah. I guess you I really think he don't. just hit that one slump, like, for a little bit. After his first five, where he had 20 every game, I think after that, he just hit a slump for a little bit. I think that's affecting it a lot. Again, small samples, but for him, it's terrible. He's like... It'll change, I think, as the season goes on, as you get a bigger sample. You think he'll get to 50%? Because I don't. Oh, I don't know if it'll get to 50 because, like, he's not playing with LeBron anymore. But last year, he was close to 50. Yeah, but also, I think he'll play more games this year. So, I don't know. I think it'll be better, like, 40... Like high forties, but I don't know if it'll get to fifty. I definitely don't think it'll be above fifty. If it is, that's awesome. But I'm just reading that Hassan is sick. He's traveled with the team, but he's uh, he's not feeling. Yeah, so is Amari. So. Oh God, well, Amari, what did you do? Amari just <laughs> infecting the team. This is all your fault, dude. Go it's all those wine baths. Oh my God. Yeah, those aren't sanitary. <laughs> Jesus, don't get him sick. Get anybody else sick. Uh, I and mean, they're gonna play Drummond. I, why are we being robbed of all these matchups against centers? No that, Gobert, no Boogie Cousins, and now we're gonna not have Whiteside against Drummond. I mean, come on, man. If you we don't have Whiteside against Drummond, we might just get murdered, just on the boards. Like oh, Bosh is gonna be terrible. Rebounder, but Amari's gonna get killed Drummond. or Birdman or whoever they throw in there. Oh, Birdman, where has he been? <laughs> the water love corpse of Birdman. Kristen, what are you gonna say? Um, I don't know, 
I mean, yeah, a game like Detroit, though, where you're facing a guy like Drummond, you definitely want Whiteside there. But I'm part of me is kind of interested to see how the team performs without him, just because there's like there's all this conflicting data about how the team plays with and without him. Um, I think I think the team does rely on him for stretches for his defense because you can't deny that his defense you know altering shots protecting the rim I mean the stats back it up he's he's great at it and the block shots obviously you know they they get it in a team's head also it's like if you keep getting your shot rejected like you're gonna be much more hesitant to drive and like attack the rim so I think that element is huge for for this team this season but part of me still is curious to see what they'd be like without him I think they can be good without him. Like, I I think they can have a good game without him, and there will obvi- obviously be some things that are opened up with him out of the center spot with the paint more opened up, but I still think they need his, like, presence there. I think he can be a stabilizing force in a way with his rebounding and his shot blocking. He just, if things are out of sync, you always have that physical presence there to throw lobs to and just get you putbacks and stuff. He just... He can give the offense energy a lot and the defense energy as well. Just he makes big impactful plays and that's, just that's a not, presence. That's not the team that you're going to want him not there for uh, against that team with that big Yeah, that's the issue is because with Hassan at least you know you're probably going to win your matchup every night. Like you have that matchup pretty much set. You don't have to worry about that. At the very least with Drummond versus Whiteside, that should at least be a draw or something. Like he's pretty good at controlling his matchup. But without him, the center like Drummond might just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Looking at uh I actually wanna ask you guys and I I wanna start with you, Christian. If you had to pick between Hassan or Drummond, is that even a question? Or, or does Hassan make an interesting case that somebody would pick him over Drummond? Uh, take age out of it, because the age of Drummond obviously affects things. Let's say they were the same age. How old is Drummond? He's younger, right? He's like 21 or 20. It's something. I mean, it's something. he's 22. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's stupid. Hassan's like 26. Yeah, I mean. younger. That's that's one of the things that worries me about Hassan. I mean, he's obviously grown as a player since he's joined the Heat, and obviously that has to do with you know the people that he's around, you know the culture, being around guys like Alonzo Mourning that can really teach him like you know some of the I guess some fundamentals and ways of thinking about basketball that can really help elevate his game. But he's the one thing that limits him on the offensive side is that he does not pass the ball. I mean, the way that I freak out whenever he does pass it just speaks to the fact that it just doesn't happen enough. And I think it's a very real limitation of his, and I don't know if it's ever going to change. Just for that aspect alone, I know Drummond isn't that bad. I mean, obviously he's a big monster that deserves those post touches just like Whiteside, but... But um, it's it's those little flaws about Hassan that could could easily improve and be fixed with time. But he is older, and and, and when, I did not know Drummond was that young. I mean, that's it's that's crazy. Crazy how young he is. But I, I do think Hassan is only going to get better, which is kind of. I mean, I I I, I guess you're disagreeing with me, but. I think things like passing out of the post, I think his help defense is going to get better. I just think there's a lot of things in his game that are going to be super easy to improve. 
uh, I think his post game can improve just by getting better at that little jump hook and creating a bit uh, more counter moves. Like uh, I see him, there's such a potential to improve of easy things, like nothing hard. Like I think he's done the hard thing, like control himself, not foul as much. Like I think those are things that are harder to control than. This is Drummond only has one one and a half blocks per game. I was oh, yeah. expecting it's a lot more. I know it's surprising, and not that one and a half is small. Jack, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just you guys are pretty much. There's not really a space to get in, but no, I, basically, I mean, Andre Drummond's like a better offensive player than he is a defensive player. Completely. He's not like. Yeah. It's a lot like we attribute these big physical forces. We just assume they're great at defense. You do that with DeAndre Jordan. You do that with Andre Drummond. You even do that with like guys like Russell Westbrook, who's not a good defender. Um, but like Drummond's, he's fine. Like he's good, but he's not this dominant defensive guy. Neither is Hassan really, but he's improving there. And I think if you take out age, it's a really complicated question, but. I mean, Drummond is 22, so, like, I think it's a no-brainer you take him. But Hassan's definitely the better shot blocker right now. But do you, do you think Hassan has a lot, like, what I'm saying, how easy it will be for him to improve? Because the assets of his game that are improvable will be very easy to do. I see him improving consistently. Like, he's been getting so much better. at Like, so many concerns we had with him, like, the fouling, the just... That was gone in like consistent a Consistent with like the body language, quote unquote. Like he's been really good at working on every issue he's had. Even the passing, like it's not good yet, but it's so much better than it was last season. He's trying. Yeah, no, he's trying, which is says a lot, and he's practicing his free throws. So, I mean, I have no question of his work ethic. If there's anything, like any question i have about him that's not it he clearly works as hard or harder than anybody else on the team and so. he runs away from porzingis yeah <laughs> which is which is great which is tremendous yeah i mean i think i think the question of drummond versus white it's two very good options and but listening to jack you know kind of describe the points he made it's I feel, yeah i'm probably nitpicking and i'm not saying he can't improve and he obviously has improved the the, the foul the fouling thing that's I mean, been noticeable but that was noticeable gone quickly like we were complaining about that last season and that went mm-hmm. away in a month yep i mean that's yeah, been that seriously been was barely an issue like i thought it was it was a huge issue when it first started and then he corrected that almost immediately it's like crazy. his improvement has been super fast which is impressive and if him and um whiteside were the same age i'm thinking i'm taking whiteside but i mean drummond's like four years younger no, no, it's it's no question because Yeah, no, it's age. no question if you factor in age, Drummond's the guy. But if they were both twenty two, if they were both twenty six, I don't know. It's a different question. Drummond's the better rebounder. Hassan's easily the better shot blocker. Offensive talent, I'd say Hassan has the better touch and things. Drummond's probably the bigger force. Just his drop steps, he's just so physical. But I don't know. It's a it's a real question if you take out age, but you can't take out age. Uh, how many games did he played this year? Uh, Eleven or twelve or what's it? What is it? What are they? Thir- seven, seven and four. Thir- Thirteen, nine and four. Nine and four. Wow. Okay, I'm bad. Um, thirteen games in. Christian, 
Are the Heat good? Yes. I don't know. You you say that confidently. I'm not sure if they're good. Oh, they're good. You think they're good? Like you're gonna flatly say, I think they're good. They have the second best lineup in the NBA. I understand that. But they're the four- been 13 games, and I don't know how real that is. Oh, I don't think they're gonna get worse. Uh, I think they're getting be- they're gonna get better. That's what Dwayne can have a have a decline uh, with age, or you don't think that. I, I don't think he ha- I don't think he's been great enough where I'm worried about a decline. Like he's been not wonderful in a lot of games. He's like broken. as you said, his numbers aren't great right now. Like just his percentages. He's had plenty of bad games. Bosch has had plenty of bad games. Dragic has been had a ton of bad games. It's not like they're hot shooting or anything. I think this is easily like you can project this over the course of a season and you hear the players talk. That they're nine and four, 13 games in. This is the learning period. They're not supposed to have it figured out yet. The fact that they got this good start is just great. It gives them some breathing room. Well, they've played a lot of bad teams and they've had a lot of home games. So yeah, but that's another reason why I'm really good. This. Yeah, but I think they'll only get better. I don't, don't think they'll get better. Getting- or you think that as they play better teams. Uh, those problems that you're talking about, the bad Drogic game, the bad Dwayne game, is going to hurt them significantly, and those things won't improve. Oh, I think they'll improve. And I don't think they've played... Like, they've played bad teams, but they it's not like they haven't played any good teams. They've played, like, one or two good teams. they played the Hawks, they've played and the... They, and they lost. The Knicks. No, the Knicks but they barely lost. And then they played... They've played good teams. They played a Hawks team and almost won at home. They played the Cavs and got smoked. They played they, Indiana they smoked, on the road they lost 10. and got smoked. And they played the Raptors at home and beat them. I think those and are the only played, games of note this, so far this year. And the Raptors were good, and Utah's good. Is Utah? Utah's okay. Utah's kind of like the Knicks. Yeah, which are good teams. They're okay. Like, Knicks will be a good, like a... Knicks will be a borderline playoff team in the best conference in the NBA. So. <laughs> oh, can we talk about that, by the way? The East is better than the West No, now. it's not. It, no, it's not. Look at it's, it. It's early, but so far, head-to-head so East versus far, West. The East is winning. The West has the best teams. The East is, like, significantly deeper right now. Is like, the deeper? West will have under 500 what teams. What are the good teams in the, the East? East? There's zero chance they have under 500 teams in the playoffs. What? Unless something is catastrophically have you wrong. Guys, have you guys noticed that the Boston Celtics have the second best scoring differential in the East, and they're technically not in the playoffs right I, now? I know. I've noticed that. That's crazy. They're weird. I've, I don't understand them. They have games where they, they lose by a little, and then they'll blow teams out of no, the no, no. water. I know how that happens. I just don't understand them. No, no, I know. I mean, I've just it's just I haven't watched them really, and I'm I'm excited that I'm going to go watch them on Monday. But God, they're I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's, by the way, I looked something up real quick because I wanted to know this. Hassan Whiteside is holding opponents to 41 percent shooting at the rim. Andre Drummond, 55 percent. Yeah, he's not a good. He's not a rim protector. That's a great number, forty-five percent at the rim. No, forty-one percent for that's Hassan. A, that's a great yeah. number. Wow, I didn't know it was that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's top fifteen in the league, I think. Who's number one? 
Number one you is... Find that? By the way, there was a point in the show that I was looking for that everywhere, and I couldn't find the stupid sports view data on NBA.com slash stats. <laughs> yeah, you go to NBA stats, their defense category, defensive impact, they, they classify it as um, steals, blocks, and protecting the rim, which is being within five feet and the opposing player shooting within five feet. And the player tracking? Yeah, and the player tracking. We can't do this on here. We'll do this later. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to find. Okay. Oh, I see it. I found it. Yay. Okay. Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert holds opponents to 36%. Yeah, he's a freak. No, yeah, but he's, he's a defensive player of the year. No, he's not. He's not going to win. He should. He, he might deserve it, but he's not going to win it. He should be. Oh, he should. I'm not saying that. I think Hassan will win it, and he won't deserve it. Oh, I don't think Hassan's going to win. He's going to lead the lead in blocks by a large margin, and they're going to have a top-five defense. I think he might win it. Jack, do you know what team he plays for? No. No, I don't. Jack, he plays for a team that nobody likes. Oh, that's true. I guess. They they are popular. A bunch of lazy Cubans down here. It's not not popular. Us Cubans eating. Offensive. If I was Cuban, I'd be offended. I'm Cuban and I'm offended at myself. Uh, Minimum 25 (laughs) minutes. Jordan Clarkson leads the league in rim protection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) A Clark Knight. Which, no, by the-, the way, Jordan Clarkson is having, like, the same production that C.J. McCullen is having, and nobody talks about poor Jordan Clarkson. Well, that's because everybody's talking about how Kobe's ruining that team. <laughs> well, he <laughs> is ruining that team. Has there ever been a more, like, has there ever been a player more detrimental to a team's success than Kobe Bryant right now? Like, I love Kobe, but... Peyton Manning. No, but Peyton Manning, they benched him still. <laughs> they don't want that guy to get healthy, yes or no. I mean, these quotes coming from Byron Scott every day. It's a new quote that just makes me cringe. That guy needs to go. Oh, man. It's so frustrating because they have so much talent. I love Julius Randle, and it just frustrates the hell out of me that he's, like, on that team. I'm so glad. Just him and D'Angelo Russell. He's ruining players. Who who was drafted first that year? Julius Uh, Randle. Andrew Wiggins, right? Right, yeah. I that said, was the Andrew Wiggins draft, the greatest draft of all time. I said Randall was going to be the best player of that draft. Now I'm going to be wrong on that. But, oh, I love Randall. But, but I he's won't be that good. wrong. He's going to be good. Jabari's been quietly good returning. Yeah, Jabari, Jabari, nobody has talked about him because he tore his ACL, but... Like on his way back, he's still the guy who went number two. He's awesome. No, he's good. That that draft is good. Yeah, not as good as this draft, but well, I don't know. This draft is awesome. The one this draft is very good. Yeah, the one with Justice Winslow and Carl Anthony Towns and Porzingis. Even Okafor, like Okafor, hasn't even been great, but like he, in most years, he'd be getting Rookie of the Year consideration. But Carl Anthony Towns has just been so ridiculous. The fact that Porzingis is not the Rookie of the Year favorite right now. Just shows you how great. Who, who is? This classic. Carl Anthony oh, Towns. Sorry. Been, like oh, they're duh. the team's best player. That guy's good. That guy's going to be better than Anthony Davis. I'm saying it now. Oh, no. I agree with you. That guy. Nobody, like, that's unpopular, but I agree with it. He's just, he's already a ridiculous defender. Yeah, that's the thing that I wasn't expecting is he's a really good defender already. This was a sneaky good draft. 
that's what's so weird about this class is that so many guys like Justice Winslow and Stanley Carl Anthony Towns and just some people are just like too ready for the NBA. Stanley I've never Johnson seen too, man. Yeah, no, I've never seen rookies like this mature and just ready to play in the NBA. Even Porzingis was supposed to be like a two to three year project, and he's dropping twenty and fourteen on bad nights. Yep. Have you, have you guys watched Moutier play, by the way? Like, his stats haven't been good, but he can play, man, and he plays with a ton of energy. I'm going to say the most cliche thing I've ever said on sports radio. He competes, dude. Yeah. I no, can't think of a better – I was watching that game when they played Golden State, and I'm like, I, I swear the only thing I could think of was, man, that guy's a competitor, and I hated myself. I <laughs> He's hated got so my, much grit. Yeah, that's all I thought of. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. He has heart. He's a competitor. He's fighting through screens. I was like on the floor, and I'm like, I hate myself. <laughs> I showered after. It was the worst. <laughs> Even Russell, who's been like, people have talked trash about him, and Kobe's and Byron Scott are ruining him. He's good. That's a joint. Th- that's a joint project. How Dude, I feel, I feel I feel so bad for that kid, and like to the point that even some of like the beat Lakers guys, I saw a beat Lakers guy like you know complaining that he was giving too short of answers, and I watched the interview and like he was answering their questions. Like I mean, that, that, that they're gonna mess with that kid's head, and it's a shame because he's got some incredible passing ability. Jack just sent a, a message on the chat, and he says, "One second, someone's at the door. Don't throw it to me yet." I really thought of just throwing it to him. <laughs> Jack, your thoughts. Jack, what do you think of uh, Laker beat writers being assholes? Anything? But no, it's it's. <laughs> It's 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 rough, man. I mean, just that combined with Byron Scott clearly keeps making like these like, you know, vague comments about people having earned it, having not earned it yet, and you know he's talking about about D'Angelo. It's weird. and it's like it's weird, and then like you know you gotta let Kobe be Kobe. He's earned it. He's been horrifically bad. What is it? Twenty percent from three, and he shoots like a lot of them. Like six a game or something. I mean, it's it's so bad. It's 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 funny. I mean, it's funny to everybody outside of LA. But like, if I was a Lakers fan, I would be writing. I would be. I don't. I'm not the kind of guy to write an angry letter. I'd be writing angry You'd letters. Be like the Carolina Panthers lady. Yeah, I would be like, he's ruining this game. Jack, I exposed you to the audience. I'm sorry. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> that was seamless. No, I know it was seamless, but I thought it was funny because I thought it'd be funny <laughs> to ask you a question and you're not there and I would question your professionalism. A Jehovah's Witness kept like knocking on my door. What was I supposed to do? Tell him because you're doing a podcast and my <laughs> basketball is more important. Jack, you're in you're in Houston, right? I'm in Dallas right now. Or in Dallas, that's right. I knew you were in Texas. Yeah, I was in Austin, and I drove back for this. Or I didn't drive back for this. I was driving back, and then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get home for my podcast. <laughs> you should have gone to a Starbucks. It'd be like the noisiest podcast ever. You know, people, <laughs> uh, uh, patrons would be complaining, and you say, no, heat beat, important. <laughs> this is important. This is important. Yeah, I didn't have Brian today. If you haven't noticed, guys, Brian is not here. Brian has left me to the wolves. I'm doing this on my own again. <laughs> I think it's going well, though. I think we're doing good. Yeah, except for you exposing me. Yeah. Where were we? Oh, the making fun of the Lakers. How, how does Byron Scott still have a job? Um, I mean, I mean the many, Lakers are a bad organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's got let it's got that, that point in, though. Let's let that sink in. They have to be right now one of the ten worst franchises in American sports. Like, oh well, yeah. At least the Sixers have a semblance of a plan. I mean, it's not a good plan. <laughs> I was gonna say. say it's not a good plan. But they at least like have a direction hey, that believe, they see. Believe in Hinky, dude. Believe in Hinky. Oh, I no, I trust the process harder than anybody. I'm just saying, like the Sixers, like people point at them and they're like they're the worst organization, but they're not the Kings or the Lakers. I would say those are two huge messes, and the you Sixers know, are just like a maybe failed experiment. Experiment. The, the Sixers are, are praying that the Lakers stay out of the top three. And from the way it's going, I think the only way that happens is if someone jumps them in the lottery. Because they're, I think they're going to be one of the worst three teams in the league. Somebody yeah, knows. probably. The, six, the Sixers might <laughs> How many games can the Sixers lose? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, crazy. And the Celtics, don't the Celtics own the Nets pick? Yes, yeah, I think it's top four protected, or I don't know. No, there's no protections. No protections oh, on any of those picks. I mean, either way, they'll get it. But, oh, also the Nets. They're worse than the Sixers, too. I would say maybe the Nets, then the Kings, and then the Lakers, and then... I think the Lakers are worse than the Nets. I think the only organization in the NBA worse than the Lakers is the Kings. <laughs> yeah. That Kings team, that, that's bad. That that owner of theirs, the, the stories that you see of him like parading like celebrities around and like you know, uh, and now he's like already planning on making a big offer to Calipari when he just hired George Carl. I mean, how long ago? Like, I mean, it's nuts. They're man. wasting Boogie's good years. I love Boogie. He needs to team up with Westbrook like yesterday. Oh man, that would be the most fun team in the history of sports. That yeah. would be. Awesome. Why ruin Boogie by adding Westbrook to it? I don't know. No, 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 no. no. Listen, listen, you communist. That that's offensive to me as a Cuban. <laughs> That'd be so much fun to have them together. Um, moving. That on. would be awesome. Just the just the encore, the yelling, and the. It'd be the best. <laughs> would, it'd be the most intense team ever. That poor coach, though, whoever has to coach them, that's the worst job in the league. Except that you'd win. Luke, but like, Luke Walden. Oh, that'd be great. Championship pedigree. Jeez, they should not. They should just fire Steve Kerr. They don't need him. They don't need either of them. I mean, he's probably cheaper. Luke Walden. Yeah. No, he's definitely cheaper. I want to tell you guys. Uh, I want to. I want to set the scene because what the Warriors are doing is ridiculous, and specifically what Curry is doing is ridiculous. But and Harrison, if you will listen to this podcast, you will hate me. I'm watching uh, a basketball anime. And there's a character in the anime who can shoot from literally everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, I mean everywhere. Like, he'll inbound, he'll shoot from like the inbounding of the other side. Uh, the, I think he says, my range is unlimited. We are fastly approaching that being Curry. Where this guy pulls up from the other free throw line and everyone just stares in horror. Because they know it's going in. That will soon be Steph Curry. Because he's practicing midcourt shots. I mean, he, I also saw he was practicing left-handed. I think he's bored of shooting right-handed. He's too good at it. It's, what is going on? I mean, isn't it like if you're obviously, you know, there's tons of NBA fans out there for every team. 
you're watching that team right now. Doesn't that like just give you a little bit of despair? Like almost like there's no hope. I don't understand how you beat that team. I I, I don't understand how you defend the Thompson Curry pick and roll. And I've only seen them do it a couple times, but I have no idea how you defend that. I, I don't I mean, know. Yeah. What'd you say, Jay? No, I mean, that's the thing. As a Heat fan, that's why I'm just not even a little bit concerned about competing for a title. It's just, <laughs> why would you even try? Why would you even want to? I just want to see the team be fun and not have expectations that they could possibly beat the Warriors because that's a delusion. Unless somebody gets hurt. I mean, they ba- they're basically banking on Curry getting hurt. Oh, well, yeah, but also... I don't want that. I would rather see Curry healthy and dominate the NBA and be just a ridiculous force than have the Heat win because Curry got injured. Who's the second worst player that can get hurt on the Warriors? Like, they obviously cannot lose Curry. Who's second? They can place? lose Bogut. Who's set? No, no. Who's second place that they cannot lose? Oh. No, Draymond. I was, I was. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That was stupid. I retract. I don't think they can lose Draymond. I thought that was an interesting conversation. Oh yeah, Draymond. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. No. Yeah. I predict with all third be a Draymond. You can't lose. Yeah. Okay. Who's they, third? <laughs> Jack. Who's third? Iguodala. Okay. I think we're all on. Uh, we, we think we're then, in our top and three. Clay. And Iguodala then. or Clay. No, I would. The thing is, Clay's not even playing that great. That's yeah. what's so scary. Is that if Clay gets back to like being Clay? It's just over. I don't know what happens. I think the NBA just explodes. There was this tweet the other day. It was just the N- um, the Warriors will go 82-0 this year. Everybody will be like, oh, great. Next year they go 82-0 and again. Everybody will be like, oh, that's great too. Then they keep going 82-0, and and then they just disband the league because it's just not fair anymore. There's no competition. They're so good. That's where we're heading. I don't. I don't understand what you do. I've always said that's just the worst thing that's ever happened to the league. Like, he's going to ruin future players because they're going to want to shoot like Steph. And then there's just no competition anymore. It's just you can't match up against them. Christian, what were you going to say? No, yeah, I mean, Jack pretty much. I mean, that that thing about Steph Curry is is for sure because now all these kids are going to try to emulate that. And I think he's just, like, just a freak, just once in a lifetime, like, once in a once in a sport, I mean, I don't even know what you call it. Um, Generation of miracles. Yeah, and the the crazy thing about that team too, it's not just him. Like the, the I've watched the, the Warriors a good amount this season. All they do is that they defend well, they run constantly, and everyone that's on the court shoots from outside. They're all taking jumpers a lot of times that are contested and they just hit them over and over. And it's like if you're if you're a defense, how disheartening is that? I mean, I it's 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 it just doesn't make any sense honestly. It's like you don't you're not supposed to play that way. They play a way you're not supposed to play and they're killing people doing it. They're not just winning, they're killing people. They're annihilating people, and it's not even fair. And I want to, and I think it's a fair comparison. Not a fair comparison, but it's a similar comparison. And I want to talk, I I want this to be the last thing we discuss. The LeBron Heat, 
were the biggest attraction in sports because they literally, I think the Heatles is the most accurate name because they sold out everywhere they went. They played a brand of basketball, not just with stars, but just an entertainment value because they would make you say, wow, every time. And this Warrior team is kind of doing the same thing, just minus the star power. Well, I don't I mean, know if it's minus the star power, just different stars. We're kind of getting used to Draymond being a star. No, but like, I mean... Thinks he's bad now. There's, oh, he's there's a difference between yeah. LeBron and Dwayne playing together, who are two of the 20 greatest players ever, arguably. Like, And it's not just how good they were. It's the way they played and the way they came together, from famous to infamous to champions. Like... That's an all-time story, and I, I think what the Warriors are doing is is interesting because we just came off of that era of that team being in every final for four years, and now we're we very quickly transitioned from one year to the next to this being the thing. We've never seen a player like Steph. Like it's just that simple. Like he hasn't been like there hasn't been a player like this. There's been great shooters. There hasn't been Steph who can shoot from anywhere off and do the most ridiculous things ever. Yeah, off the dribble, off ridiculous dribbles, like just the stupidest things. Off balance, he'll be falling down from like 40 feet away and just drain a three. He can do whatever he wants. And you just want to see, like, where where's the point where, like, it's a bad shot? Like, because nothing's a bad shot for him. Like, what do you take that – what does he take that's – that you don't have confidence in him making. I mean, did you, you guys see the, I think it was against the Grizzlies that like he was falling over from like 28 feet. <laughs> he banked it in. I mean, he thought he got fouled. Yeah. And he just threw it up and he made it. I mean, sometimes I feel like he's taking that limitless drug. Oh my God. Yes. That's what he is. He's Bradley like Cooper and limitless. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild, man. I just talking about that team. I think one of the coolest things about this team is. Can you guys remember a team that was this dominant in any sport that was as likable as the Warriors? Well, some people hate them, but no, they're. No, I I think they're likable. I just think no, they are. Them, but people do hate them. Well, people the Heat were them. I thought the they were likable. People just hated them. Who was likable? The Heat. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think it's kind of the same thing, how the Heat were likable, but everybody hated them, and I think the Warriors are likable, but everybody hates them. Well, yeah. I, actually, I'd say people Except still the like them. the media doesn't hate them. As they shouldn't. Why would you hate a great team? Well, the, the media- Except that you're a rival of them, and they're kicking your ass every time you play. Well, but The media hated the Heat. Yeah, but that was because the media is stupid, and there were certain situations that played into that. But the Warriors are the media darling. Yeah, because they're amazing. I don't know. It's Steph. He's a baby-faced assassin. How do you hate that? Uh, Christian, why do you think fans or just people are doing gymnastics to discredit the Warriors? Um, I mean, uh, are there a lot of people that are trying to like you know, that that don't like them? Because like for the most part, I, I feel like there's a lot of just awe I think when it comes I think to it's them. Fans, I think we're part of it, but I think what we have to, and it's something I've learned, especially with all the recent things going on in the news. How you know, I I think a certain way, and I've realized that my Twitter 
caters to the way I think. So I am in. So like, I'm very pro gay rights, and I'm very like, you know, Black Lives Matter, and you guys are idiots. Why are we shooting like people? And I realize that the people I follow, I'm insulated from the people who don't feel that way. When there's yeah. a lot of them that don't feel that way. So we're we're smart basketball people, surrounded by people who also agree with us. But there are sections of the internet on on Twitter, and in masses of people saying how there this is fake, this is bogus, this is boring. I even think Adam Smoot. I don't even know how you say his name. Adam Smoot. Do you guys know what I'm talking about on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't like them because he says they're boring, and he's not the only but- one who says that. Adam Smoot, or whatever it is, he's know. just kind of a contrarian, to be fair. Like, some people are just doing it to disagree. But some people just legitimately don't like that they... Sometimes Steph just doesn't work for a shot, and I get that. Well, I've my theory has always been that he kind of busts the idea of what your prototypical sports star is supposed to be. Like, LeBron is... He looks like a great American athlete. Michael mm-hmm. Phelps looks like a great American athlete. Big, strong, muscular, dominant. That's just not those things. Lance Armstrong. All, all these things. So, I don't know. Do you guys... Am, am I uh, am, am I off base with that? He just changes so many things. Like, what we perceive as a good shot. What we perceive as good offense. Just what we what a good player looks like. It's, it's just weird. But I mean from it's a social standpoint. Like... Yeah, he's just different. He's not LeBron in just a lot of ways, off the court and on the court. But you don't think that plays into some people not liking him, how he just doesn't look like what a great athlete should look like, and he doesn't play like one, therefore they try to discredit him? Yeah, no, I think it's just this is new. This is new to everybody. The way they play, the way he plays, the way he looks, it's just different. People yeah. put back he, change. He, he, he's not as imposing or as you know flashy as guys like LeBron or, or Michael Jordan, but he has this style to him. I mean, you know, there are great shooters in the league. You know, guys like Cal Corver. You know, Cal Corver's been around for a while, and he's an elite shooter, probably one of the best ever. Tremendous. But you don't see Cal Corver throwing a ball up and then running back court before it goes in, knowing it went in. Like he, like Steph just has that kind of style to him that just kind of like adds to the mystique of who he is. And I think I think I could see how that could rub some people the wrong way. Something that I've and we're we're we've approached the hour mark, so we're pretty much done. But something I found insanely interesting is how. The Phoenix Suns kind of introduced this era of small ball pace and space. The Miami Heat took that and made it a championship and made it great and historic and memorable, and the Warriors have perfected it. Yeah. yeah I mean... Where we stand? That, yeah, that death lineup is small ball to its finest. They have perfected small ball. Gentlemen, it has been another pleasure. Uh, do you guys want to give out your Twitter handles, do some self-promotion, any story ideas for people to look out for? Um, I'm at Alfonso Hoops. Um, there should be stories from me coming soon. And if you haven't, go check out my last one. Oh, it's a doozy. Which is one of the best ever. It's the greatest <laughs> thing on the internet. 
man. And I'm at CCH1125. And I'm still trying to figure out what I, what I want to write about next. Hopefully it'll be coming out soon. And I am at GNavas103. Uh, follow the website, heapymiami.com. Hopefully by today or tomorrow I should have a story on Hassan Whiteside coming up. Some fun with metrics with him and graphs and, and all sorts of um, colorful graphics and stuff. So check that out, heapymiami.com. Follow us all on Twitter. Uh, follow all our staff, Harrison, George, Jimmy, Brian. And gentlemen, it's been another pleasure. I will have this up hopefully by tonight. All right, sounds good. Awesome. All right, guys, take care. Have a good one. You too. All right, guys.